And burgers. And burgers. Yeah. Yeah, which are just, you know, pocket steaks. Saturday Omaha. Eat this. Hey everybody, welcome to Saturday Omaha. This episode is a little bit different as it's connected to our prior episode at Chima's African Cuisine. You may remember that you had your usual hosts, Dave, myself, TJ, Sam, and then we added a fourth person, Dan Hoppen of RestaurantHoppen.com. Now, after that episode was recorded, Dan had us on his podcast. We got permission from Dan and Parkville Media to put that podcast on our podcast feed. Please enjoy the special episode that gives you an overview of how Fatterday started, how we pick out restaurants, and some fun tidbits about the three of us. And after you check out this episode, check out the rest of Restaurant Hoppin'. His podcast is really awesome to listen to. There's a lot of local chefs that he interviews, and you get some really behind-the-scenes stuff of some of the restaurants around Omaha. Thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll see you on the next one. Here we go. Hope you enjoy. All right, Omaha, welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. This is a little bit different today. We've got a little uh, podcast inception going on here, a podcast within a podcast. Um, I had the very special pleasure of joining the Saturday Omaha crew for lunch today, and that is a couple gentlemen here from Omaha. They are very good friends. They have been going out to uh, Saturday lunch for years just as a way to stay connected and they have been going to different restaurants, tasting delicious foods, usually eating copious amounts of it. And about a year and a half ago in the September of 2018, they decided, let's make this thing a podcast. So I'm just going to let you guys introduce yourselves so we get a sense of everyone's voices. Here's the Saturday Omaha crew. All right. So I am Dave from Saturday Omaha. Uh, I sound a lot like uh, one of our other guests, which we'll get to in just a second. So uh, have fun telling us apart during the podcast. Um, yeah, we've been doing this since uh, 2018, and uh, we love food and love eating together, and the camaraderie and food uh, keep us together and give us a chance to catch up on the week. And Dan, we are very happy that uh, you are having us on your podcast, uh, as uh, I definitely enjoy what you do as well. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure. I am the other member of the trio, uh, most, most most times trio. Uh, I'm Sam. I've been uh, knowing Dave for, for many, 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 many years. Uh, TJ, about the same amount of time, which is the other fellow. Um, I just like to eat food and talk about it, and I'm rather crass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm TJ. I'm a medium level of crass, and I sound like Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so so those are, that's your Saturday Omaha crew, everyone. And uh, just right off the bat, um, when you get a chance, whether you finish up this episode or you go right now, look these guys up on iTunes. It's the Saturday Omaha podcast, just Saturday, but with an F instead of an S. And they've built up a very heavy library of episodes at all kinds of different restaurants over the years. They give very unique, um, just fun reviews, the things that they do. And we'll get into more of that as the podcast goes along. But I wanted to give you guys a plug there because I... I've been a fan for a long time, so I think just being able to go out and eat with you today and then record the special episode that we did earlier was a lot of fun. Sincere thanks, thanks yeah. from us, yes. Of course. Um, so I kind of gave like a brief intro to Saturday, but I want the definition from the guys who created it and the guys who do it. How did Saturday get started and how do you define it? All right. So the the basics of it is uh, we would go out to lunch on Saturday. It was the time for the three of us to catch up on the week. Um, and so it was our one time to eat eat something, you know, really good and, and, and catch up with each other. It kind of morphed a little bit. Um, we made sure that we always went to someplace that was really, really good, like Subway, fine if you need a sandwich during the week, whatever. But that's not where we were going. Uh, you know, we'd go to places like Nettie's or Stella's or Fat Shack. Or, or you know. oh man, this new place just opened. We got to go check it out mm -hmm. together. Right. So it really became uh, more than just lunch. It was friends and food and epic lunch, and that's kind of how it got started. And it was always Saturday lunch, and because of the epicness, it became. Saturday lunch. And we would all usually ride in the car together. 
So we, when we would get done eating, we would take the drive back home to drop in each other off, whoever may have been driving. Like, hey, man, what do you think about the price? What do you think about those flavors? What do you think about our service? Man, I'd change this, that. And so kind of like we all had our, our, our sections when we would talk in the car, and it just kind of morphed into like, we should just record this and let people listen to us blabber because totally we're kind of entertaining. And, and be done with it. Yeah, because that's – well, and for me, it was always – TJ is the the analyst, generally speaking, and I'll be sitting there boring everyone with. Here comes TJ's thesis. There's a hint of there's a hint of cinnamon in this. <laughs> I know there is. I need a few more bites to uncover it. Hold on. And and so we there there'd be enough analysis or camaraderie between us that yeah we just kind of decided at some point we could just put a recorder down in front of this. It'd probably be interesting. And two Paul, just real other quick notes too. I know Sam and I get asked a lot at work, like, where should I go eat? Yes. Okay. Uh -huh. So there's, I, I'm sure you oh, do. I as know well. that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's part of it. And the other thing is uh, TJ and I usually eat real small during the week. We eat pretty tiny. And so Saturday not only needs to be that friendship and taste, but uh, we're looking for some really good stuff. Cause this is going to be our meal for the week. Like this has got to be a good thing. So mm -hmm. there you go. Now, something that you just touched on, TJ, is I think what I really like about you guys' show is that you cover food from all different aspects of it. If someone wants to get into the nitty-gritty and talk about, you know, the amount of pepper in a dish or, oh, that you know, this dish really came alive because there's cumin and there's a there's avocado oil or something, like, you can get into the the real, like, review of it. Or you can come at it from like the everyman angle where you're just talking about like if the average person goes into a restaurant and wants to order something, what should they order? Why should they like it? You know, because there are some people who really want to do the whole food network thing and dissect food. And that's great. And there are some people who just say, I need a good meal. Where should I go? You guys' podcast covers all spectrum of people, I would say. Yeah, thank you. We, yeah, we try to. You, you really do get three different opinions here you know we we have a lot of commonality between us uh tj definitely i think ranks as the the analyst um uh <laughs> of the group uh sam is is direct and to the point he will tell you like it is and and <laughs> and that's one thing i appreciate and i have told him many many times i always when you, what you hear from him is honesty and i really like that uh, I, I think I'm the perpetual optimist of mm -hmm. the group. Yes. Um, and so you you really get a few different things, but I think Dan, you nailed it. Is we try to get into the you know the the depth of food a little bit too. But part of this is when we talk about this is how are you going to feel? What are you going to experience going here yourself? And hopefully with but you know if you take the cross section of the three of us, you kind of get that. Mm -hmm. And you guys do a great job. You individually rank the taste. You rank how full you get from eating there. You rank how you feel about your wallets after you leave there. So I think you do such a good job of just recover, recovering all aspects of the restaurant game. Now, something that I'm really fascinated in, and this kind of plays into where we went today, we went to a place called uh, Chima African Cuisine. Yes. Dave, it's been you and I that have kind of been in communication about putting this uh, this collaboration of podcasts together and where we were going to go. Yeah. And you brought this place up to me, and I was like, what? I, I, I'm pretty well versed in Omaha restaurants, and I had no idea that this place even existed. And it ended up turning out great, people. I recommend that you go and listen to that episode on Saturday's podcast. Yes, but I, featuring th Dan Hoppen. This this is a long rambling explanation into me asking oh, how we do like those. How do you guys decide? Because there are just so many restaurants in Omaha, so many different cuisines. How do you narrow it down and say? This is our big meal that we are celebrating this week, and we are dedicating it to X restaurant. How do you well, go about easy. that process? We have a fat tome. We it was a fat a tome. We have a book bound in fat, <laughs> inked in cholesterol, where we have written down names of of restaurants that we find, and then we just pick one off of there. I mean, it's not really inked or anything. It's are, just a spreadsheet are you document. Are you revealing the existence of the Caloronomicon? <laughs> Sorry about that. I mean, it may or may not be a Google Doc, but... Um, it is a Google Doc, and uh, it's just a list of restaurants you want to try. Yeah, so I, I, I will tell you, I, I love combing the Omaha landscape, and so a lot of this is, so if Sam notices something's going to open up, it'll usually be, hey Dave, you know, mm -hmm. let's, let's take a look at this place. Um, I have dug through the depths of Yelp, like spelunking Indiana Jones style like nobody's business to find things. I've driven by places and gone, oh, that's new. Let's check this out. So there is a little bit of pre-research that's done to 
hopefully identify something that might be a fatter day worthy spot, you know, because if it's, you know, Jimmy's uh, plain oatmeal shack, um, <laughs> man, I, I got to check those toppings and what see what's going? going on there. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, okay. You know, maybe, but uh, do, do you put bacon on it? Okay. Maybe we're, we're somewhere. And, and to be clear too, even though the name is fatter day Omaha, uh, it doesn't always have to be, you know, a nacho cheese bowl. So when we're yes, looking at, oh, okay, you're right. But, uh, you know, all types of cuisine are open. Right. So it has to have interest. So it, it really is all of those aspects. Um, the uh, I'll give a shout out to the Omaha Food Lovers Group. There's mm-hmm. people bringing up new places there. Uh, Dan, yourself, restauranthoppin.com. Um, you right, have lists you of things. Plug. Absolutely. Um, you know, I know, especially like there's you have some things on there from Lincoln, and that is an untapped market for. For us, we've been there, mm-hmm. um, but there are some places I haven't been to, so many, many different aspects. So it's finding a spot, whether uh, online, driving around, and then researching to see if we think it might hit that mark, and then investigating it from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, something, Sam, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but I want to get into it a little more, is just one of the things, and I'm, I'm 30 now, so that this has been going on for a while, but like the thing that stinks about getting older is the friendships that you get in college and you have as a young person, as you grow up, life just gets in the way. Stuff happens. You don't get to see your friends as often. You start, you get married, you have kids, you get a busy schedule. I love that you guys have this meal each week or each two weeks designated where you say, we're setting aside time to establish this relationship and maintain this relationship so it doesn't fall off. Just how has food kind of helped keep you guys together and keep that relationship intact? Well, it's made me wider, so (laughs) space-wise, it just automatically makes us closer. Definitely in terms of keeping in literal touch, it does make things easier, especially if we're all on the same couch. Yeah, I think Dave Dave and I have been good friends since high school, and we did have probably a good three or four years where we lost touch and I walked so. into his radio shack. He was working. I'm like, Dave. He's like, Sam, I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, kind of hooked up and he gave me a CD to listen to. And we kind of rekindled our friendship from there. And we've always kind of kept in touch and, you know, we're old men now we have children, significant others and lives and stuff. But, uh, I think Dave's one of the few people that I can sit with in a car for six hours and we can keep conversation going for all six hours mm-hmm. and we've known each other for absolute years like I'll, i will think something and he will come out and say it or i he will think something and i'll say it it's just one of those weird symbiotic relationships kind of yeah where we're in each other's own headspace and we can just riff off of each other constantly without without effort and mm-hmm. it's one of those rare friendships. I think I have like maybe two other people I can count on where I can really do that with. It's just we're cut of the same cloth relatively. I don't really know how to say it other well, than that. Yeah, and I think the 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 tradition has kind of formed itself, you know, going out. And and I have to say it's interesting because I think I'll, I'll speak for the three of us and then let the other two of us speak for themselves. Um, but it's one of those things where if we miss out, like if fatter day doesn't happen, it just it kills my weekend, man. It's it's oh, become sure, yeah. that much a part of my weekend. Like if I don't get to make that happen, so we go to great lengths sometimes to make something happen so it occurs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. whether whether if it's rearranging it to a Friday night or a Sunday afternoon or something during the week, we try to make it happen some way or another. See, and TJ is the the erstwhile third. I'm I'm out on a good number of episodes. I have a lot of other things happening, but I'm I'm gonna put it to you this way. I'm a skydiver and I love it and it's one of the best things that I've ever done and I have to miss out on fatter days to go do that sometimes and I'm out in the air, in the sky, flying and the thought that occasionally goes through my head between 10 and 8,000 feet in the air is... You know, I really wish I would have gone and done fatter day today <laughs> if I only had a burger right now. Uh-huh. So it's, it's definitely, it, it's a great way to keep together. It's Especially Dave and Sam, I am I am an introvert who just enjoys the fact that they can hold that conversation and will either throw in an aside or TJ's nine hour long fireside chat. One Which or we love, <laughs> we absolutely love. But uh, I think uh, I think those guys and I, to a lesser extent, we would find something. If it wasn't food, it would mm-hmm. be something. But food is a good place, and it's. I'm starting to see it as a cultural trend, and Dave's pointed it out on social media. You're, you're seeing it more and more. We aren't all watching 
ABC, NBC, CBS anymore. We aren't talking about that one episode of something or, you know, maybe the Super Bowl, but on the whole, the the game last night, it's less and less of a thing for people, those common cultural moments. And we're starting to see a lot of people using that as as the common point, the touchstone everyone eats. To, to relate to each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Everyone eats, everyone enjoys food, and we're all we're looking for that restaurant or that pop up. And that's very much the way we as a culture, especially millennials and younger, kind of relate to each other. And for us it's it's just a good spot to be. We we like to analyze, we like to create, we like to to find new things and experience new things and we can do that pretty reliably week over week and get together this way. The other quick anecdote about food as well is you have to eat. So Mm -hmm. it's like when you're driving in the car, hey, listen to, you know, the Restaurant Hoppin' podcast because you're in the car. What else are you going to do? You're you're driving. You have time. Everybody's got to eat. So what a great opportunity. I got to eat lunch on Saturday regardless. I'd rather make it really, really awesome. So, you know. Just let me uh, wipe the tear away from my eye real quick. <laughs> that, that was really beautiful. <laughs> you guys laid it out so nicely there. Um, I think a big reason why people should listen to your podcast and why I enjoy listening to the podcast so much is you just have a unique way of breaking down the meals that you eat. And something that I love is in I feel like at least once an episode, you come up with some kind of new term <laughs> that, that, that gets used. Whether it is like instead of calling – pizza crust crust it's now a pizza grip right instead of calling a bun a bun it's a burger holder and a good burger or or a good bun like a solid one is a burger holder plus like stuff like that or like sam it up means add cheese sauce to something and of course there's the ever famous croist which (laughs) makes more appearances than just about any term just how, how do you come up with those things do they just happen on the fly and all of a sudden it's just just like let's just go with it on the fly it's just uh we're very, we've been creating stuff for quite some time. We have various things, um, yes. You know, just to speak on Dave's and TJ's uh, past, their their father's an engineer. He just makes stuff. Mm-hmm. Dave makes stuff. He creates things. TJ makes stuff. He creates things. I do the same. Like when we were at lunch, I, I do music on the side. You know, I mm-hmm. made a big order. I was like, I create stuff. And this is, it's just we're naturally creative people. And I, we're witty. I guess we're humorous. I think so. Ish. Yeah, our 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 <laughs> ish. We're, we're humor. Yeah, I I would say we we like to be witty and humorous. I think we all like uh, wordplay yeah. and uh, things just naturally happen. Um, and so yeah, the, those those words are are happening and when they stick like Kreuz, on cr- the spot, crunchy that, and moist. Yeah, and usually if it generates a good laugh from the crew, then it gets added permanently. It's so. Lexicon. Yeah. Are there or any- if it makes TJ furious. <laughs> Like I'm codes. looking at you, Worthy. <laughs> oh, Woody and Woody Earthy. And Earthy. No, no, TJ hates that one. Are there are there any other ones on the ones that I mentioned that stick out to you guys? Like well, immediately come to mind? Well, I'm glad you asked, Dan. So there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you have a Do you have a dictionary? Uh, a yes, there is actually a a fatter uh, fatter day glossary in That's addition beautiful. to the tome. Um, I will give you a. Couple. Will that be coming to Barnes and Noble? Uh, we should publish this thing, but I'll, I'll give you a couple other ones. Uh, there is the food mat, a mat like kindergarten story time, where you can eat your food on the floor. Um, what did we coin food mat? Oh, I know. Yeah, and I, remember food mat. I, I have to say, uh, one of the ones that I also really like is bun leather. Bun leather. <laughs> that is, yeah. Bun that leather's is, tight. That is the outside of a, a burger bun. And of course, uh, you can have a, a nice sheen, a burger sheen, burger or, sheen. or you know, sheen on your bun leather if you have like a brioche bun with, with butter on it. So yeah, there, there, there's a list. There's a list. I love it. Um, Something that I think is so interesting is, as someone who also does food reviews, is if I go back to how I reviewed food three years ago, one year ago, even six months ago, it's constantly changing because the new restaurant experiences that I have give me more knowledge and make me view places differently. Like if I ate at a pizza place six months ago and I was like, oh, that's the best pizza I've had, and then I go, you know, somewhere better, um, three weeks later, I view that original place differently. So how has, as you guys have done this for a year and a half now, how has your view on food changed? Interesting. So we kind of had this discussion, I think, uh, I, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago, I ran some uh, statistics on our, our ratings on the different restaurants. And mm-hmm. I think, Dan, you actually had ping me and you're like, how would you rate these things differently? Because I'm so curious, because I have to go back every once in a while and adjust some of my ratings, because 
your opinions change when you have different things, when you have more information. Yeah, it's it's interesting because part of the rating is we, we sort of, I mean, you do rate it against other restaurants, but I think we also kind of try to rate it on a, uh, a standalone, a static it's thing too, mm-hmm. on its own merit. Um, so I, having gone back over prior ratings, I don't know if a lot would change other than sometimes the, we, we might have an ordering fail. I, you know, I'll, I'll throw out Burrito Envy out there. And in fact, both Sam and Dan called me out on this one. Uh, I went to Burrito <laughs> Envy. tacos at Burrito Envy. Yeah, I ordered tacos. Now, in in my personal defense to myself, you know, tacos should be awesome, too. It's whatever you serve. But They do sell tacos, so they, they should be good. They but are, it's not called Taco Envy. That's it's right. It's not called tacos. So things like that or, uh, you know, we, you know, Sam and I, we, we've had a couple experiences, places where, um, especially on first-time visits, where maybe it wasn't as good as we thought and, and a revisit might be necessary. So mm-hmm. I think that would be the biggest thing is there's places I wouldn't mind going back to to see if that if it works out better the next time mm-hmm. yeah i personally have on my own time gone back to places we've been to just because i'm taking somebody because mm-hmm. i want to go there again like hey we reviewed this place let me take somebody there see what they think they pretty much stand up yeah. I, I would say I'm, I'm pretty honest and i don't short myself and i don't really try to compare much to other restaurants so i think my initial assessment is pretty on point unless it's a brand new restaurant like some places we just went, who will need a, a six months break before I decide to actually go back there and review? Because them. we did not podcast. Because yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> when you have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. So, um, but yeah, they're they're. I, I think my my reviews would probably stand the test of time because I, I I give it merit on themselves and very rarely try to compare them to to other places of what they are unless they're a brand new restaurant and they're just trying to get their stuff together. So yeah, I think it would hold the same amount of water. I, I agree with that. Just. To further explain like where I'm coming from, like I'm going to use a specific example. The way that I viewed brisket changed after I ate at Smoke and Barrel. Okay. Okay. Oops. So, so okay. like right. the way I the way that I judged brisket beforehand, I thought I'd had really good brisket, and then you have a different level of brisket, sure. and it's like okay, that other brisket can still be good, but I've I've been to the mountain. I've been to the mountain, and, and I've looked yes. down and I've seen that gorgeous view. And <laughs> there aren't other briskets up here on this mountain. They can be close. Maybe they're ascending as well, but they're yes. not quite there. So I think the that's kind plateau. of what I was getting at. Yeah, pizza plateau. Say, yeah, I, I, we there are some easy outs in this conversation, and I'm going to use one of them up now because Pudgy's ruined the pizza plateau for me now. And since unfortunately he's closing up shop. Uh, the pizza plateau has Rescinded. has returned, yeah. but yeah, there there are some of those that uh, for me, smoke and barrel was. I've been waiting for that barbecue that I was certain that could exist, yeah. and then I went there and went, oh, it exists. Your now. eyes are opened, yeah. But Pudgy's was that uh, that rocked the landscape. I believe we went into some detail on that one. So yeah, there there are some of those that make that big change. There is a a certain place that we may repodcast on, so I can't name it. But they make things with uh, with a grip and cheese and toppings, and uh, you and Dave have uh, have discussed this particular place before. And interestingly enough, going back, and I will say this about most of our early reviews, there are some of them like B and B Classic Dogs. I think we did we hit fives on that, or we hit real. You close? rated it a five, sir. Yeah. Okay. I gave it a five. I would not give it a five. Now, mm-hmm. do I? Would I still love to be able to eat there? Yes. Again. This is another easy out. I could pretend it's a five all day because you'll never know. (laughs) Because it's closed. Exactly. But I would review that differently. But most of them, the number holds up. The Frampton scale number holds up very well in almost all the early reviews. But with this pizza place, and I, oh, now I said it. I'm I'm getting closer to naming it. But I think I know what you're talking about. If you want to name it, we can. Well, if we're going to do re-review, I don't want to. Okay, okay, we won't spoil anything. But there, there is a spot, and yeah, I I think you have an idea of uh, of which one it is that we reviewed somewhere in the middle, and I like the number on it. But my my wording on the review, my level of uh, of positivity and exact thoughts on certain things would change drastically. And going back when Dave published the stats, I found that about a whole lot of them. The early reviews where now I've eaten more places and I would, wouldn't think as well of certain things, but the number's still good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But the review would be totally different. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think, Dan, I think you nailed it with the brisket comparison. When you hit that next level thing, you you do kind of reset like, oh, wait a minute. This is this is the stuff. So, yeah, I, I could see that changing things. And, and maybe to your point, TJ, maybe the numbers hold up okay, but maybe the the finer detail would shift a little bit. So Now, we've, we've been talking about the numbers and the ratings, and I think we even had that we dropped in a mention of Frampton. For people who aren't aware yet, I think we need to talk about the Frampton. <laughs> and this comes with a confession from me. Oh, I love it. Is on many of my episodes, usually not when I interview chefs, but when I just have other people on, I ask them at the very end of the episode for their I Got You restaurant. I Got You restaurant, Which yeah. I, I define it as if someone comes in from out of town and they say, I want to eat some more unique in Omaha, take me somewhere awesome. And I say, I got you. This is the one place I would take you. I stole that from you guys because that's your idea. And I'm happy to admit that right now because it was brilliant. And as soon as I heard it come out of Sam's mouth, I was like, that's amazing. So that plays into the Frampton scale. Just talk about the Frampton scale, how that was established, and how you came up with can, that just beautiful way of describing it. Can we it. do the genesis of the Frampton? I think I we I think we, think we should, but I but real quick since we're we're doing confessions, yes. I, I'm gonna add one since since Dan published that out there. I, I have to uh, confess and thank Dan Hoppen uh, for writing up your Twitter story on how you talked to Jess and Paul at Block 16 and got your uh, burger on their menu. Yeah. Uh, that is how the Saturday Saturday special at Block 16 happened because I saw that and got a hold of uh, Justin Paul. Okay, so we're that. even. We've, yeah. we've ripped <laughs> off each other enough. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay, there's, good. There's, there's, there's no bad blood here. It's, it's, it's all good. So the the, <laughs> the Frampton scale. So when Saturday started, if you listen to like the very first two episodes, so the very first episode was at Fat Shack, Rest in Peace, and the second one was at Taco Company. Um, so... A taco company, not a, a messy, sloppy place. However, at the end of that episode, we actually do a review of making a Twinkie Wiener sandwich, which if you haven't had one before, it's a cold hot dog on a Twinkie with spray cheese, okay? Um, and it comes from the Weird Al Yankovic movie UHF. Anyway, Fat Shack, on the other hand, can be a very messy place. They used to have the Shack Attack Fry and all this big stuff. So the Frampton scale kind of started as the overall review of, you know, how big, messy, and of course, tasty everything was. Mm -hmm. As time went on, the the Frampton scale morphed a little bit. And, and I should back up because I think I know what Sam maybe wants, wants to get to. Um, the Frampton scale actually came from a fictional character we came up with whose name was Frampton. And we decided Frampton was the largest individual you could possibly imagine exceeding physics um and and he he originally was gonna make appearances on the podcast and talk about things like how he had a gravy flagon with him at all times well it eventually became a gravy flagon collection that he kept out back in a special house with the and then he would wear a he had, he had a food tunic so he'd wear the food tunic to catch his food. Okay, so Frampton was originally a character that might have made appearances in the podcast. Okay. He never did, okay? But, his, but he does make appearances saying gravy. Oh, gravy. gravy. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> okay. That's true. He that does is, live on. That yeah. is true. That is his essence. But but what it became was the, the Frampton scale then just became our Saturday Omaha overall scale for a restaurant. Uh, that's kind of our final review. And, and, and Dan, I'll let you, you know, kind of let me know what you more you want to know about it but uh um it is it is definitely our overall review and because that's our special place to eat um it has to rank on that scale for you know for a special place to eat on mm -hmm. a Saturday. yeah well sam sam was the one who came up with that description of you know if someone is coming in from out of town on a scale of one to five going by those half point increments half steps only what is the likelihood that you're going to recommend this place um so just so we can give people some ideas and i i have a few in my head just from memories but what are some of the highest sure. rated frampton places so it, I, I know there's a special one for me this is just my this is the obligatory block 16 show yeah let's, let's just get that out of we'll the just way throw right that one now. out there <laughs> um so for for our first year uh block 16 uh i mean we love block 16 uh they had our single favorite dish overall which the was the poutine burrito oh yeah it's so good so uh that ranked up there uh we had bnb &B, i think was in the uh a higher range fours and fives uh mm -hmm. caribbean delights though was our our overall highest for the first year um and i think we threw some fours or fives in there so uh block 16 
uh, Caribbean Delight. Yeah, I, I wanted to throw Hunger, Hunger Block mm-hmm. was Hunger in Block, there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's uh, quite a few that rank up there, and, and there's a lot of really good stuff around the mid range, around the two and a half ish. There's some really awesome places around town too. Mm-hmm. So uh, Pudgies, I think, uh, was in the four or five rating because of its taste, size, and just it's a unique. Yeah, the only thing that brought it down was its decor. Yeah, <laughs> decor and lack of iced tea. And lack of iced tea. Um, what is the number one thing that you guys have learned about the Omaha restaurant scene from touring around and trying so many different places? I, I'm going to go for diversity. Mm-hmm. When you start, you know, oh, there's nothing to do in Omaha. There's nothing to eat in Omaha. You got, you just haven't looked. The amount, and especially within the last five or 10 years, oh yeah, the amount of excellent food and diverse food around this town what, what do you want the only the only market we don't have anymore you cannot get a pierogi or german food is is few and far between in this town and now deep dish pizza and deep dish yeah. pizza is now, now shrinking. that pudgies is yeah no yeah more. it's shrinking so i i think for me it's it's diversity and uh it, it takes a little work to find those small shops but it's totally worth it so mm-hmm. that, that'd be mine yeah one of the things that i've learned doing this podcast is a lot of people don't tell other people about gems um one of my favorite gems got about six months of restaurant time before they closed bruce uh bruce leroy city walk oh, the soul walk soul walk soul, bruce walk. Lee's soul walk which was a Asian soul food combination fusion thing. And the place decor was amazing. Everything on the inside. It was kind of like Gojo's is now with the, the urban spray painting on oh, the inside. Oh, Jojo's, yeah. Jojo's, excuse me. Uh, but they also had, their menus were TVs Whoa. with Nintendos. Oh, like they had the awesome. They had the Kung Fu menu or the Kung Fu video game, but morphed into a menu. So it looked like Kung Fu was playing on the video game, but That's it was actually incredible. their menu. They had a Super Mario Brothers menu, and they had like all these different TVs, and hip-hop was playing 24-7 inside the thing, uh-huh. unadulterated. They had a Mogwai stuck in the corner, and the place was just freaking amazing. One, it would have been a five for Hampton for me easily. They had like- um, It's like catfish cat, fried cat, rice? Yeah, catfish uh, lo mein. They had uh, pork cheek char siu. They had uh, just really cool- They had- um, Mac and cheese egg rolls. Mm-hmm. Just really cool stuff. No one knew about it. Nobody. Mm-hmm. I would tell people, I'm like, oh, that sounds really interesting. I'll probably go. Nobody ever went. That's, I hate that. Like, There's so many cool and great places that people don't speak up and tell other people about, and then they die. Hun- and you never get block. it again. Hunger Block is tucked away in Rockbrook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're they're awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, go get the Priya mixta and, and go live life. It's it's awesome. That's, yeah, that's one thing I've learned. Yeah, that's the type there are just so many places like that. And like we were talking about Pudgies earlier, like location matters so much for a Very restaurant. Much so. Mm-hmm. If you you know, if you're not in a location that people are just gonna drive by and be enticed by, it is even if you have amazing cuisine. It can be hard to make it. Like yep. making it as a restaurant tour is very, very difficult yeah. in general. So yeah, to have that platform where you guys can tell people about new places, I think is really, really cool. And that's something I love about your podcast is you go to places like Stella's, like Block 16, that that everyone knows about, and those are the favorites. But you also go to um, Chicana. You go right. to, you know, uh, like the place we went to today, Chima. You know, you go to these places that when I see it pop up in my podcast feed, I'm like, where did they go? I don't even know what this is. And then <laughs> right. I listen to the episode and I'm like, okay, now I'm making my reservation. So I right. think that's really cool. Uh, TJ, your misconception. Or no, not misconception. <laughs> Favorite thing you've learned. I'm jumping ahead. It's. I mean, I'm going to echo everybody else here. It's. I was kind of aware of this to begin with, you know, growing up in Omaha. If you don't know... You don't know. The advertising isn't there. Discoverability of things until very recently, really, has been difficult. Malara's is always my favorite mm, example mm-hmm. for this, is where it's great. tucked away in the neighborhood off, what is that, 11th Pierce. and Pierce. Pierce. Yep. And it, it looks more or less like it's every house. other house, just a little bit bigger. And it's you a house go with in an and open it's a full on, you know, Italian restaurant with the stamped metal ceilings and all that kind of stuff. And it's, Homemade, handmade noodles, and nobody knows that it's there unless somebody who's been there has told, told you. you it's it. all been word of mouth, and that's why that's one of the main reasons I personally, and I think all of us, want to grow our podcast. It's why we're glad you're around. It's why we like the Omaha Lovers, uh, the Omaha Lovers Food Group, the Omaha. <laughs> <Food>. <laughs> that's, that's a different, a different group. group very, very different group. A little more taboo. Um, the, the Omaha Food Lovers Group is a, a big deal, getting those names out there, but it's discovering 
just how much even I kind of thought I knew before, oh, but yeah. we're finding so many places, all these little hole-in-the-wall places that serve cuisine I didn't know we had in Omaha, and very, and I think actually your your show has been better than us at showcasing this because you have the full-on interviews and the in-depth stuff with like Matt Verzel and all these people who are really passionate mm-hmm. about what they're doing, and they want to bring something special and something unique literally to the table and we're seeing that in the scene and it's been real interesting diving into that side of things well Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like it's like dave utterback at yoshitomo and then the chef down at umami you know he's he's a you know the guy that super interesting yeah yeah the guy that you know he was in new york and then moved to bellevue to start a sushi restaurant and then you know got dave that's set up in the middle of benson and is running this killer place like Wow. You know, and the other thing is these little mom and pop shops, you know, they're not going to have the budget to go put on a big network mm-hmm. TV ad come to my place. So, you know, yeah, yeah, definitely some awesome stuff around. Yeah. And I think when you were talking there, TJ, like another place that jumps to mind immediately for me is Tasty Pizza. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like literally in a house just in Midtown somewhere. If I hadn't had my friend Josh Peterson tell me about it, I would have had no idea that it existed. And they serve awesome, like, individual size pizzas you for know like four bucks yeah yeah and you would never know just driving by so yeah it is it's great to just to have that platform even if it's just on social media to just talk about uh to talk about different restaurants for sure um so speaking of that are there any and i know that there's one off the top of my head that you guys are <laughs> gonna want to mention but are there any like lesser known places or places that you went to that really surprised you and you feel like are getting kind of slept on, but people need to get out and go to. Well, I think uh, I, uh, Hunger Block was one of those that that we found um, that I, I don't know how many people had eaten there when we did the podcast, but that was one of those things just, you know, surfing around or whatever and found that one. And uh, that was quite the pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh, my gosh, and they're doing these crazy burgers and, you know, South American food of all different types. And then that milkshake they have is just ridiculous so i mean that's that's definitely a i'm a two-time champion by the way are you two two milk a boy yeah yeah there you go so i'll I'll throw hunger block out there uh for me it was chicana uh yeah i have eaten at that romeo's with a former person that i know so many times not knowing that that place was there and then i go there and i'm swept off my feet by the decor (laughs) yeah and then the food is you know like i said a broke rodizio and i love rodizio and the fact that i don't have to drive to lincoln to go get rodizio type foods right here in omaha was quite amazing and it's just like you're taken to a completely different place of the earth yeah speaking of those those terms that you mentioned earlier dan uh uh Chicana has the best food couch that would be a booth um in all of (laughs) omaha yes (laughs) they they have blankets see and my go-to was going to be hunger block you've already uh stole it from you yeah you've already been there um well while you look i can't believe you guys haven't said caribbean delights yet that's the easy cop out. I know, but oh. we need, it needs to be mentioned because oh, that's one of gosh. those places where I feel most people don't know that, that's... and and I haven't even been there yet, and that's entirely my fault because you guys have done a great job trumpeting it. But wow, I I can't. Believe TJ, I you want to talk about Caribbean you delights? You need to because I mean, <laughs> I mean I could. Mine honestly, I I had forgotten it while thumbing through this list here. But Mouth of the South for me, but I know it's it's well known for others and close. Yeah, but we drove by it for however many years until we finally did the episode on it, and it was phenomenal. I had just, I had no yeah. idea and didn't know anybody who'd eaten there either. I I think real quick that. I think real quick that uh, smoke and barrel for a little oh, bit yeah. was slept on because it's in such a weird spot. <laughs> Def- mm-hmm. Definitely a was. Yeah, not anymore. But yeah, I, I can't believe I didn't pull that right out. But yeah, Caribbean Delight for sure um, over off a of 72nd in Blondo. And uh, it's amazing. You would never, you don't even know what's there. and But it's amazing. Go eat there and get get the jerk chicken and a, and a beef patty. And cocoa bread. Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, for our slept on restaurant, Big Green Q. Not wrong. Good barbecue, very unique. I don't even know if they're serving. Are they still serving I'll, out of the brick and mortar? Do you I'll, know? I'll help you out. The brick and mortar spot, I believe, is closed for the moment, but I, they are starting a new venture called Trucks and Taps, I believe, in combination with Dire Lion Food Truck. And so it sounds like they're going to be serving food again. Yeah, hopefully they they get the Besides press the food because they had they were they were in combination with Ted and Wally's and Benson, mm-hmm. and it was an eat in spot and not as we discussed on the episode it. It feels like an ice cream parlor. It doesn't feel like it's a restaurant where you're going to be sitting down for a full meal. 
and people just kind of passed it by because all the signage out front, all the decor was for Ted and Wally's, but they were right there serving very unique, very good barbecue. The burn ends were were great. That brisket was, I've never had anything exactly like it. He had some sort of a peach wood smoke. There was a lot of good stuff going on, They're but tater no one was going in. Oh yeah, nothing like a, a homemade never from scratch tater tot. Yeah. Well, they tater tot that's worth making a destination is totally different. Well, they took the location over from Locomotive, and so I think they got the recipe for the tater tots from them, if I remember right. But uh, yeah, trucks and taps. Keep an eye out for that one because you may get big green Q again. So all right, Um, what is the biggest? As you've explored the Omaha food scene, what do you think is the biggest misconception that most people have about it that you've discovered, and you're like? Someone says it now, and you're just like, "No, that's not true." Well, Omaha is just known for steaks. Yeah, that's it. That's all we have is steaks. It's all we right? have steaks and yeah. corn, mm-hmm. steaks you and know? corn, and potatoes and burgers and burgers. Yeah, yeah, which are just you know, pocket steaks, <laughs> hand <laughs> yes. steaks. Um, yeah, I, I totally. I just you know, if you there's so much to eat here, and and if you're looking for something, it's there. You just got to find it, or maybe that we can't keep up with the. Kansas City, or we can't keep up with uh, Chicago or whatever. I mean, I'm sure there's certain types of cuisine we maybe, you know, I, I mentioned Polish food. You you can't go out and get a pierogi unless it's the St. Stan's Polish Festival. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there is that. I got you. But there's there's just so much here, and I think we can keep up with a lot of places. The ironic thing about what you just said, Sam, is I don't, when I think of the best restaurants in Omaha or my favorites, I don't think of steak places. Like that, the, that was 1982. Yeah. The Drover kind of comes to mind, but I'm thinking about sushi. I'm thinking about barbecue. I'm thinking about fine dining. I'm thinking about Italian. Like I'm even like hunger block. You're talking Latin American food. I'm thinking about all these different cuisines. Even burgers aren't the first thing that come to my mind anymore. I think Mexican, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Mexican. There's all kinds <laughs> of good Mexican. Yeah. Indian. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. the biggest. I mean, isn't it a fact? That we have like the most diverse restaurants per capita. Oh, the most the that, most restaurants uh, per capita. I know that, that is a very that. it's a very dubious fact. We have a lot of them, and it all depends on which poll you're reading. Whether we're at like number one or like number three hundred. There's I, a lot of. I've restaurants. done some serious research on that, but boy, oh boy, do we have a lot of restaurants per capita. Yeah. I I think one of the things where we're unique too is the the number of restaurants that are putting. Uh, uh, interest into their place where it's 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 sushi but it's you know it's Dave at Yoshitomo doing the omakase I'm gonna get it right because you, you nailed you, it you taught me how to pronounce it. it uh thank you Dave Utterback and Dan Hoppen um but things like that or you know there's just this unique stuff happening and fun stuff fun places to go eat well I suppose that's the the degree to which our population is cosmopolitan there are a good number of other nations represented that we have a, a reasonably sized segment, but like uh, Vietnamese are a good example. Mm-hmm. I uh, I work at a place with a, man, I want to say we're close to a quarter Vietnamese. We have a lot of Vietnamese people working there just by whatever coincidence. But you don't realize we have a fairly good sized segment of those individuals in this population. We have a lot of people from other countries, a lot of people from various African nations. I know quite a few Togolese dudes. And we have potential for a great deal of ethnic cuisine. And now we're finding that, yeah, people are opening up restaurants and bringing the food of their, their home country to our, our little, uh, little hamlet here. Middle of the United States. Yeah. We have, we have enough business that uh, brings in people from all over. We have people coming in from different countries, different places to live and to work here. And they're bringing the food of their home country here. And it's, it's playing out in the restaurant scene, if you can find those holes in the wall, those little places here and there that have something very different, there's so much to offer here that you would not expect. Mm-hmm. Dave, any any top misconceptions that come to mind? Ooh, I, I think that was just it was my my view that uh, that we are not diverse or that we can't keep up. Yeah. And, and I think we can do both of those things. We have diverse cuisine, and I think we can keep up with just about anybody. And uh, as I'm you know, listening to your podcast and getting to know some of these restaurants and stuff too, there are chefs around here that have a passion for bringing oh my the gosh, best. Yeah. And they want Omaha to have the best. And they're not leaving to go to Chicago or San Francisco or New York or whatever. They're staying here and or making Omaha the best. Or they go to school here or they start here and then they, they go somewhere else. And then they come back. Then they come back. And then they tell other people. 
they'll they'll tell the chefs that you know are struggling with a, a you know the San Francisco uh, lease rates or something. They'll say, "Man, get out of there! Bring your food to Omaha. This mm-hmm. is where it's at." I think that's what's helped give us such an awesome restaurant scene. Is the great chefs are either training here and staying. Or they're bringing other people in, which is amazing to see. Right, and we have the the Metropolitan Community College, the Culinary Institute, and they're and fantastic. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So we've you know we've got that here, and uh, yeah, it's and and excuse the pun, but Omaha has the appetite for good food. It's just it's here. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, as we wind down here, I want to. Like people can listen to your podcast. They can hear about your favorite restaurants in Omaha. They can get the Frampton scale and everything. I want to go laser focused even more. I want favorite dishes you've enjoyed on the podcast. We gave Ooh. a we gave a shout out to the poutine burrito yeah. earlier, but what are some other things that just top of your head as soon as I say that like you're like, "Oh man." Two that things. That was a Okay, <clears throat> Sam, go. They're not on the podcast, so they have to be on the podcast. No, you talk about things that aren't okay. on the podcast. Rest in peace, to. rest in peace to Bilderberger. First and foremost, Bilderberger had a creation that I made that I loved so much. <laughs> um, I made because Bilderberger was exactly that. They gave you different patties, different buns, different toppings, different cheeses, different everything, and they had a plethora of options. So I made a Swiss cheese donut peanut butter bacon burger <laughs> that I absolutely adored with every artery in my clogged heart. (laughs) And I miss it intently. And then the other burger that Dave had a hand in creating that I also ate, chili cheese, Velveeta mac and cheese, actual mac and cheese, Mm -hmm. Uh, hot dog, uh, chili, bacon, (laughs) double burger. I miss those things extensively because I, as we talk about on our podcast, am the burger boss, the burger king, the burger captain. Burgers are my jam. I miss Build-A-Burger. Those are some of my favorite things I've ever had. R.I.P. Build-A-Burger. All right. Okay. Here we go. So things, uh, man, the brisket at Smoke and Barrel yep. is life-altering. Uh, something that might get slept on a little bit is the Nashville Hot Chicken at Block 16. Yes. Uh, so good. It is solid every single time. <laughs> Sam, <that's, laughs> Sam is not a huge chicken yeah, fan. Yeah, TJ and I love fried chicken and have driven uh, to Great Lengths and drug Sam to places for fried fried so chicken. That, uh, that yeah. said, Sam is usually right. Uh, for Block 16 chicken, I'm going to go for it's not just chicken. Oh, that's true. I was chicken just doing that's the joke. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and uh, the the jerk chicken at uh, Caribbean Delights yes. is life altering as well. That's that's just so good. So that's one of the places where I'm like, no, that's not just chicken. That, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That might be the only place you order chicken on purpose. So I'll I'll throw those spots out there. Okay. Hmm. Well, we've gone over briskets, and I I already kind of gave the plug to Big Green Q on that. I don't know if he always uses peach wood, but that fruit wood smoke was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, the the first one in my head is Hunger Block. That I don't remember the name of it, but that meat sampler yeah, thing the, they the have. The Perea Mixta. Uh huh. Oh, very oh goodness, very good. yeah. Yes. Served on a wooden shield. Yeah, absolutely. It it feels rustic and meaty. And can we all say it comes with the what sauce? It comes with guasacaca. Guasacaca. Oh, guasacaca. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the guasacaca itself. All uh, all sound effects and jokes aside, that Just, was that was a mighty fine discovery, and uh, I have. Totally stolen that idea, found a decent recipe for it, and that's that's one of the party pieces, discovering that there, and everybody loves Just, I can in- inject that into my veins. Yes. You're going yes. to be emailing me your recipe <laughs> as soon as we get off the mics here, because that is one of... It's like an avocado... Cream yeah, drink sauce. Cream sauce that you just... You put on whatever you're eating, then Everything. you take a bite, and then you like take the bottle and squirt the rest of it on whatever yes, you're yes. eating. I'm, oh I'm my god! Whether gosh. if it's oatmeal, whether if it's hot dogs, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It will make it better. One of the craziest things about it, it's like fifty percent green pepper and cilantro. Really? And I've given it to people who hate cilantro, and they still love it. Even the people because guasacaca is like amazing. Soap? Uh-huh. I really? hate cilantro. That, okay, safe. there's one. That's right. wild. There's could, a lot of cilantro could, in it. Could I steal that? 30 seconds to give a shout-out to an the best item we didn't have on the podcast but talked about? 30 sure. seconds, go. Here we go. Glenn Wheeler, chef at Spencer's, The Burger. The Burger. No longer available, uh, but uh, hopefully we can get that again. That burger was absolutely amazing. There's a reason why it's called The, the burger. burger. There we go. Ooh, 
Ooh, here's a wacky one for the vegetarians and vegans out there. Okay. The, uh, oh, crud. The Beet this, Burger this may at be, Wilson and you. Washburn. Wilson and Washburn. I, I continually forget the name, but yeah, the Beet Burger at Wilson and Washburn. I think I had, did we do the Beet Reuben as well? I you, think you, one or the, the other of those is optional. It was a, a, yeah. a one-off, but there is regularly a Beet Patty device at Wilson okay. and Washburn. And I don't like me no veggie burgers. Those, those Beyond Patties can go away. But the beet burger, buddy, that was something. There you that's, go. That's serious business. I'm going to throw out a couple of my favorites as well because we're here. Yeah. Um, I've already mentioned the poutine burrito. Croque croissant from Block 16. Everyone yes. knows about that. Oh, yeah. We mentioned Yoshitomo, the Aburi Wagyu. I got to try that. It's near the top of my list. Uh, the Pep 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 pizza from Virtuoso. Oh, with Mike's Hot Honey. Three different types of pepperoni yes. and Mike's Hot Honey. Oh, yeah. Among yeah. the best slices of pizza. Uh, we Amen. mentioned the brisket from Smoke and Barrel. The short rib from Dario's Brasserie is just like out of this world tender. It has like this red wine demi gloss on it. Tremendous. Nice. And then I'll throw out the burn ends from Porky Butts are just phenomenal. And I, I could go on. I could say the tasting menus at Acarant, Dolce, all kinds of stuff. I have a lot of other favorite dishes, but I'll try and limit it those are to good, those at this point. Good suggestions. Yeah. So as we wind down here, is there, is there anything else that you guys feel that the people should know about um, about Fatterday Omaha as they hopefully stop listening to this and get on, <laughs> get on your feed and start listening to your show? We're just three guys who like to eat food. We're not actual professional restaurant reviewers. We're just three friends who like to go out and eat and, and talk about it. I mean, we're not going to be – everyone's not TJ, everyone's not Dave, and everyone's not me. You know, we're just three guys who like to talk and eat. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, we, we, we try to do our best to be honest with everybody that, you know, that listens. I guess my biggest thing is, and, and probably me being the perpetual optimist, is if you own a restaurant or uh, you're a chef and you're listening to our, our critique here, and we have three differing opinions. First of all, we care very much for the local restaurants. If you look at our podcast, those are the places that we like to go. We want everyone to ex- you know to succeed. We never want to see anybody close or right. anything like that. So um, you know, and and I worry that sometimes because being I always say on the podcast, being anywhere on the Frampton scale is a good thing, even at a point five. Um, so if if you're out there and you're listening to this, and a restaurant gets a point five, that's good. That means they're in that upper echelon in the the Omaha scene. So don't worry about that. You know, that's a good thing. So there there you go. I just want people to know that we have a lot of love for food, a lot of friendship here, and uh, we have a lot of love for the Omaha food scene. Mm-hmm. Oh, everybody's looking at me, but I ain't following that. I'm just going to go, what <laughs> Yeah, that said. was beautiful. <laughs> That's a perfect way to end, I think. So uh, just thank you so much, guys, for coming on today. It was a lot of fun getting a chance to feast on African cuisine, yeah. of all things, with you. So everyone should log on to the Fatterday Omaha podcast feed. Check out the... In- uh, the interview, the review that we did of Chima. Check out all the other reviews. I mean, you guys are up what in the fifties now? I think so. We're Late getting 90s, very early fifties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we we are in the the upper half of the forties, getting okay. close to episode fifty. Okay, yes. I was gonna say you're getting close. So yeah. there's all kinds of content there. It's all still relevant. Go check it out. It's really really good. And Omaha, just thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thanks for eating. Thanks for eating with us. A Parkville Media Production. Saturday Omaha. Eat this.